Hi, I'm Graham Lasso, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat with Chris, Craig and Brady. Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat pod. On today's pod, we're going to look back on our defeat to Villa with 10 men as Chelsea go down in back-to-back home games. We're going to dive into the tactics of the setup of the game. And Brady and I are going to go head-to-head as Craig takes the reins as Quizmaster General once again. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and our good friend Brady. How are we feeling today, boys? It's uh, it's another week. Um, we haven't scored this month, so things must be feeling high as a kite, I assume. It's another miserable afternoon at Stamford Bridge, yeah. Just, uh, I just remember the days where we used to look forward to going to the games. And now uh, the, the dread of the, the pre-match, just, yeah, just hoping for a goal. But yeah, it's uh, one to digest on the pod today. Well, apparently Pot Pot tries to keep lemons in his office for good vibes, and that makes sense because there's a bit of taste in my mouth after every game. Well, Craig talked about digest. It's hard to digest at the moment. It's hard to digest the performances. We're looking in and going, really, we should win this game. It looked like a very winnable game with Villa playing midweek, and we lost, and a bit of a must-win, and we lost, really. So really tough to digest it and break it down, really. Well, we're going to do our best. Yes. Um, We can... We'll start with some stats from the game. Um, Chelsea obviously going down 1-0 to Aston Villa. Um, Malo Gusto was sent off for a, a reckless tackle in the 58th minute, um, which was reviewed by VAR. Uh, Chelsea had 53% percent possession in the whole game, though, um, to Villa's 47. Pass accuracy still remains fairly high for us at 82%. Um, 80% for Villa, so... Very good um, from their point of view. Four shots on target for the Blues out of the 10 shots that went through and seven on target for Villa. And six of those seven were saved by Sanchez and all four comfortably saved by Martinez. Um, How did we see it from the stands, Craig? You were there. What do you make of it? Well, I'll start by saying fans aren't happy. I mean, the the it was getting quite toxic at the end. I thought it was not not one for the one for the ages at all. The the game was was sort of pretty pretty comfortable for us for the first sixty minutes until uh, until Gusto's red card. We'd created a few chances. We hadn't scored yet. I always thought that you know the last thirty we'd really see Villa be quite leggy um, in the game, and we'd be able to sort of maybe nick a one nil the way the game was panning out. But yeah, that Gusto red card really really killed us and Villa created a couple of chances and, and took one of them. I thought we played quite well even with 10 men after that but yeah, just the, the atmosphere in the ground um, it's just not good at the moment, it's not positive. They've sort of been beaten down, um, the Chelsea fans haven't they? The, the misery of, of Graham Potter's um, reign and then so bad under Lampard. I just think that the patience for Posh is just not there and yeah, we need to start delivering results because yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not pleasant. I mean, I'm I'm not surprised they're angry. That's one win in eleven at the bridge. 
It's gone from a from, gone from a, a fortress to a sandcastle at high tide. We just can't do anything. And just gonna, I'm gonna repeat myself a little bit before not repeating myself. I suppose it's 5.5 xG from the last three games we haven't scored. It's as simple as that. I mean, we've got a non-pen xG of nearly 11, and we've scored five. Difficult to win football matches when you've got the finishing and. If, when you, if you refer to an athletic article that I just went through a little bit earlier, written by Ahmed Wale, basically we actually, it was named Chelsea had a plan to, to, to beat Villa, but their execution failed them. You couldn't say any better. I actually noticed this a little bit in the game when I was watching it. We were using decoy runners. So what we were doing, like Gallagher or Enzo would make a run, make cash drop deep or the defensive line drop deep. And that would mean that in the second runner could then be onside. Now we did have 10 offsides in this game, so maybe we didn't execute it that well. But that, for that, that Jackson chance in the first, if you watch it again, Gallagher makes a run. They drop a bit deeper than, than Jackson goes and he beats the offside trap. Similarly, for the Sterling one where he was one and one, Jackson makes that first run. And then uh, Sterling just basically rolls it into Martinez's hands. I mean, we have three or four one and ones in this game. I think that was a blueprint for this game. But it wasn't implemented in its final stages. It's a bit of a botched mission and... I'm not really defending Poch. I think there's some selection issues. I think we can talk about Enzo's role in the team. But if you're missing three or four one-on-ones a game versus a high-line team, you know it's not going to win the game. So, simple as that, really. Yeah, Chelsea had just the three shots in the first half, which uh, I had to dig into the archives for. Um, but it wasn't too long ago we only had three shots at home in a league match in the first half. But can you tell me who that was against? Newcastle. No. Is it this season? It was last season. Think about a team who may have come to Chelsea and played us off the park. That helps you. Brighton. Brighton, oh, yeah. Oh, well, Brighton thought it might be Arsenal. So Brighton were the last team we got three shots. So, three shots on target or three shots in the game? Three shots in total. In the first, this is in yeah, the first I half. Mean, it was a completely different game to, to that Brighton game. I thought Brighton came and completely dominated us so we couldn't barely get a kick. Whereas I thought Villa, I think, created 0.03 XG in the first half and looked like a pretty average outfit. So disappointing to only have three shots. Well, I think that sort of spells a lot of the issues for me is we're getting into some good areas but never really converting them into good chances or... Or you know, shots. Ideally, I mean, the amount of times we saw people getting the ball to the byline, obviously on the right-hand side, where all the play was mostly, um, couldn't find anyone with these crosses. They're so poor. Um, do you know another little quiz for you? Who had the most shots for us yesterday? Cole Palmer. Cole Palmer is correct. Twenty-three minutes he was on the pitch. He managed two shots, which is more yeah. than anybody else. One was a really good uh, S3 concert block. It was actually going in the corner and he blocked it if he's like right heel or something. It was a really good block. So Paul was good when he came on. He was. So lots to lots to look at. I mean, how did we look at the setup of the team? Obviously, one of the we I spoke I think last week about Enzo Fernandez having 50 touches against Bournemouth and that was really low. Um, well, he only lasted 67 minutes, but he had 43 touches. I think more shockingly, his pass accuracy was 65%. Um, although that was mostly long passes, but that's still yeah, very I think, important for him. I think that's sort of um, part of what Brady was talking about as well with the strategy of the game. Quite a lot's built on him. When If we're going to make these runs in behind Villa playing high line, you're obviously not going to be successful with all these long passes over the top. That's sort of part and parcel of the strategy of the game. 
Um, but yeah, I, I do think Enzo's positioning in the team is is an issue and something I think we all agree on. Um, this this higher position for him just does, doesn't really suit him. I think it's I think there's an issue with having so the way that we're playing. Obviously, we're we're trying to build up as a three with Silver is sort of a little bit deeper than Dzazzi and Colwell, who's pushing up. And then you have the two midfielders in front. You have Caicedo, who's meant to be more of a holder. And then Gallagher, sort of, he's everywhere. Um, and then you run into, I think, a bit of an issue where you've got Gusto as the almost the extra man who's coming forward from defence. And usually what you'd see if you were looking at, I would say, a really good team is that player is going to come into midfield. But like we saw, I guess, at the end of last season with Trent Alexander-Arnold, I don't know how much Liverpool's done this season, but he's a really creative player and he's like a guy you can give the ball to and you can see a pass. Gusto, unfortunately, isn't very good at that. Gusto is more of a run-down-the-wing um, sort of player. So by putting him as the player into the sort of, if you like, the midfield or trying to push him forward, he's naturally going to stay more on the right. Uh, and that then forces Enzo, because he's always the free man, Gusto, he gets the ball quite a lot. So that pushes Enzo further out to the right because he's attracted to want the ball. So he obviously wants to receive it. And you end up with lots of our play coming down the right-hand side, which is fine if we were productive down the right, um, but we weren't. And it ends up with being quite congested and there's no like real movement because by the time you get the ball down the wing, Enzo's nowhere near the box. Jackson's maybe the only person there. And for some reason, Mudrick's a lot deeper on the left. I, I, I wouldn't think say we weren't, a... we weren't productive down the right. I think we did create you know, all our good opportunities down the right. Obviously, the chance for Enzo came with the, the really good right-wing play. Um, Sterling had, right at the start of the second half, had a, a one-on-one that came with the, the play down the right-hand that, side that as was, well. That was just Silva launching the ball down the wing for the Sterling one. Sure, but it's, again, just the, the I, I wouldn't say that nothing sort of came from the, from the play down the right. I think that was... Uh, I'd like I'd like to see more if we're going to play it out to Gusto as the extra man. You then need to come back across. That's where the space should be. Sure. And do you know who would be really good in this role? Actually, Reece James. Yeah, so Reece James. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that but that's I think the this problem. Would suit him, though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I don't think that having Gusto there is a good enough person to play the same style. And I, I think it should be changed, or he should be replaced by. I actually think you'd be better off flicking everyone further to the right and putting Martson as the player on the left, and pushing him up, I think he's a much more adventurous player who can pick a pass. I think that should yeah. maybe be true. Maybe we'll see that on Wednesday. I think we might see that on Wednesday because I think you'll see Axel Dezazi as uh, as the right back and then, yeah, Martzen or Kukurea potentially on the on the left-hand side. I think the big issue with Enzo is, I mean, when he came in, he had that left-footed shot. I've said in the group chat, I don't think he's much better than Mateo Kovacic for shooting. I mean, I know Chris, me and your dad have had banter. I think I'm winning that 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 banter battle at the moment. He isn't good at shooting. That left-footed shot was pathetic. And just imagine a Frank Lampard getting on the end of that. We've got... We just haven't got enough goals on the pitch. We, you look at... We've got a new team. We've got Jackson who can't really score. Sterling's kind of inconsistent. Mudrick hasn't got a goal for the club yet. Enzo's got a tap-in against Wimbledon. Just can't play him in the 10. Not enough goals in the team. So he has to play a bit deeper. The best moment in the game, I think, was when he actually fed Sterling through and Sterling missed that one-on-one. He's good at dictating the play, ticking things over, not in the register role, somewhere in the middle. He was playing too deep last year, now he's playing too far forward. He isn't good at arriving in the box and getting goals. He's not that sort of player. He's a front Lampard type player. So, or a Deli Alley in his prime or something like that. Need to get him in his right position and I think we need to get Cole Palmer in a 10 or... Uh, get Carney back in the 10 or something like that or maybe try Sterling there because it's not working 
because Gallagher is, you know, putting up trees at the moment, covering a lot of areas, but maybe him and it feels like the balance between Gallagher and Enzo isn't working. It feels like Gallagher's benefiting from having Enzo a bit more advanced, but then Enzo isn't isn't um, benefiting. He's a hundred million pound player, so you're gonna have to fit him in somehow. So, you know, getting these pieces of the puzzles together with Caicedo and plus two more is going to be a real real puzzle for Poch. Sure. I mean, we're only six games in. Obviously, we are still figuring things out, and it's not really what Chelsea fans want to hear. Absolutely, obviously, and the results, you know, should have been better than this, and and probably unfortunate to not have been better than this. I think you can say I that. Say, I think over like long term, you can't see Enzo in a ten long term, can you? There's a, there's no, a lot definitely of not. Which I think is like figuring out part of the figuring out process. A little bit, a little bit of my gripe at the moment, Potch. A little bit is like, okay, Cole will left back at the moment. He's not like you said recently. It's not long term. You know, Enzo in a 10 is not long-term. Well, we're doing short-term things for a long-term vision. Maybe we just need to start blooding players in their position rather than having... Because it's not really working at the moment to balance the team a little bit. So that would be my small gripe with Poch in terms of his setup and things like that. Eight goals on, on loan for Crystal Palace, Conor Gallagher got in 34 games. I haven't seen him, seen him really get forward much at all. Yeah, but then I guess the argument would be maybe you lose what he's been giving us in other areas, like, you know, uh, retrieving the ball up and down, kind of the workhorse. And the, I think the issue is, I think CFC Central has mentioned it, they've, Conor Gallagher isn't as good in tight spaces up the pitch, and I think that's why no. Poch is a bit, a bit reluctant to u- use him in the 10. Sure, and he's, yeah. a, he's a box-to-box midfielder, right? But we, we see him a lot sort of near our box, but we don't really see him in, yeah. in their box at all. I think he just needs well, to make a good chance. He had a good chance against Bournemouth, didn't he? Yeah. And I actually think he did okay with that chance. I mean, people were kind of getting on him. I thought that shot was okay. With with Enzo, it's a bit. He's a bit of a nosebleeder. He just gets there. He doesn't. He's not. He's not a good shooter. He's. He's not. I mean, he missed a penalty this season. He should never been on penalties. You can tell he he, he 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 rarely puts his laces through it. Kind of just tries to place it. Need to get him back down the pitch and get an attacker in that ten because there's already not enough goals in this team and arguably not enough creativity. Maybe so we're begging that we're begging for a ten really. And yeah, that's that's the way I see it. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree and say um, I think if you remove Gusto and played a different player in his position, I think you'll I think the midfield isn't an issue at all. And I think if you play a three at the back, two in the you play a three in the midfield, and you put take Gusto out and stick like maybe uh, what's his name uh, Cole Palmer in there. I think you'll notice Enzo Fernandez improving dramatically throughout no fault, like just through the fact that we've just got a much better player coming into midfield who who can pick a pass. Well, we've got to do something because there's been a massive dip off before and after the international break, and in the Bournemouth game and the and the uh, game the game yesterday, he's been really poor. So they've got to sort out of positioning because at the moment he's looking like he might hit he's more likely to hit the bench than be like a. Arranged in any other way, so we've got to sort of end those positioning out. I think. Well, while we're talking about players, let's uh, move on to temperatures, and there's plenty to choose from in the freezer. Fantasy, whose form's on top? Who's heating up? Whose temperatures dropped? Who's been playing well and who's not? It's freezing, warming up, boiling hot. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough because it's tough this guy's, I think, already in the freezer from Craig last week. It's Nick Jackson. He's gone from one of the best players in the team to one of the worst for me. Volcano vibes to our t- Antartic areas. I mean, there's a stat that he's lost possession 
as a result of an unsuccessful touch more times, 26 times in this season. I mean, Arsenal used to try and pass it and he tries to walk it in. He gets in such good positions and he just gets his head down. He, like, he forgets he's got the, the shoot or pass button. I mean, I don't want to get on him too much. You know, I think he's really struggling with pressure. And um, I think he needed Nkunku to kind of deflect that. And, you know, he's not he's not the person, he's not the player that we thought he was going to be in terms of banging the goals in. We can't rely on him for goals, that's clear. He's already missed seven big chances. He's, he should have scored four, uh, four goals in terms of the XG so far. He's only scored one. At this rate, he only gets six or seven goals for, for a season. Not good enough. Um, yeah, I mean, he just really, in a sense, he's dropped himself because he got that silly yellow card. He's got five yellow cards for descent, which is another area where he's probably going to be away in the freezer. But yeah, I mean, if Brozier was fit, I think you'd have to drop Jackson or put him in a different position. He isn't working at nine. He isn't scoring enough goals. He's missing too many chances. And the link-up play is sort of uh, not as good as it once was as well. So sorry, Nick, you're firmly in the freezer. And uh, yeah, time to get a warm jacket because unless it improves, you're going to be in there a while. I mean, what I would say about Jackson is absolutely fair enough. Obviously, we have a bit of fun with the freezer and put him in. What I would say is, to your point where it says he's clearly not good enough to, to be relied upon for goals, I, I, I'm not, I won't agree with that yet. I don't think we've seen a big enough sample yet. At, to at, say the, moment, I don't, at the moment, I can, I can safely say that. In the future, you never know. But at the moment, he cannot be relied to score the goals that we need. I mean, we're, we need 70 goals this season. I mean, our top five is looking like a myth, let's be honest. But... We need 70 goals. That's like 65 goals in the last 33 games we had. That's over two five. That's like, that's like two goals a game. Not going to get that, Jackson. I'm sorry. Just it... sure, sure. I think you can rely upon uh, on on Sterling to get probably 10 to 15 goals in a season, yeah. right? Maybe even more. But right now, you say 10 to 15 goals. But apart from him in the team, when you're looking at the team, I'll read them out: Fernandez, Mudrick, Gallagher, Caicedo, Gusto, Dizassi, Silva, Colwell. Is it? I mean, it's combine those like eight players for goals so far for Chelsea what have they got between them two three yeah in, that's in their his, like the history that comes back to the recruitment and we can talk about that maybe in another pod I mean that's a recruitment when you recruit under 25 players and you recruit raw talent and nothing no one proven so yeah. I, I'm just talking about like in terms of the pressure that's on a striker to sort yeah. of deliver no I, I agree he's under a lot of pressure but at the same time you can't miss tap-ins every week and you know it, uh, that chance in the first half, he did pretty well. It was a very good save by Martinez. But he score that, really. I mean, if we score that, we're flying 1 0. And, you know, other strikers, I'm not going to mention your Harlands and other players like that, but Harland probably puts that away more often than not. And then that, that eases the pressure on a team. If we, if he missed, you know, he's missing a big chance a game. It's just too many. So, yeah, it just needs to improve in that sense. And I actually think maybe sitting a game out for the Fulham game might help him in a funny way. Might reset a little bit. Maybe we can put someone else in there and uh, it might help the team a little bit as well. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, in my freezer, I'm going to stick Enzo Fernandez. I, I don't, I don't want to see him in this higher up role anymore. I, I think we've, we've sort of talked about this a bit and I don't know if he, he... I know he spoke to Posh at the start of the season and sort of talked about playing a bit high up and, and whatever. And they're, I'm sure they're Pally, Posh and Enzo and, and rightly so. There's obviously an important player for us. But I think it might be one where... The manager's deciding that you're just not good enough to play that. I think he ends up in a lot of the the wider positions as well, where he's just offering absolutely no threat whatsoever. You know, if you talk about these sort of roaming playmakers that that 
you know, Man City have played before with Bernardo Silva and things like that. You know, fair enough, they end up in these deeper positions and they can be creative from there. But also when they end up on the wings, they've got actually the ability to beat a man occasionally or, or to do something creative from that spot. Enzo gets sort of parked on this right hand, right wing sometimes with Sterling. And it's like, well, he has no threat to go in behind or to, to take a man on or beat a man or get down the line at all. Like he's incredibly slow player so I, I think we've got to move him back deeper we've got to move him more into the central of the pitch where he's he again I, th- I think the comparison I've said before to him for me is Xavi for Barcelona I think he can be that type of player lots of short passes got the sort of run in the game from midfield I don't want to see him up anywhere near this this 10 role and he's playing way too high for me yeah I mean we've really? talked about we've talked about Agnosium earlier I think we're, we're right if not it's kind of a circle and a square, pe- square peg at the moment. It's not working. We need him to get in deeper and get him playing like he was against Liverpool because against Liverpool, he looked world-class, but, you know, being compared to one of the you know, best midfielders in the world. He was very, very poor yesterday. And he looked, he looked, yeah, he was hooked. He was taken off. He looked dissatisfied. And yeah, we need to, we need to sort his position in that ASAP, really. I think it's a problem with how we're playing as much as him playing poorly. But yeah. Okay, uh, in the freezer for me, it's a tricky one, but I did put Jackson in two weeks ago for missing a sitter, and I would be hypocritical if I didn't put my mate Raheem Sterling in for doing exactly the same thing. Um, so many chances. He actually missed two really good chances, Yeah, I think. Uh, the one where he silver put him through... Some reason he just kicked it at the near post. I don't know why he just didn't run to the left where no one was and just kick it in the net. And the one where he was through one on one, well two on one with Jackson, the offside flag had gone up, but he wasn't offside and he just kicked it out of the goalkeeper. Um, difficult to find the words for just how poor those two chances were that he missed, but pretty unforgivable, unfortunately, and would have won us the game probably. Yeah, I mean the thing the thing with Raheem is as well is sometimes it's something I'm going to call maybe opportunity conversion, maybe coin that. It's like there's a lot of times where you get in good positions and the crosses isn't quite there, and he just blows a bit hot and cold. Like no no pun on a boiling hot there, but we I don't know. I feel a bit bad for him. A lot of pressure. We need him kind of really Mr. Consistent. He can't really have too many bad games for us and be kind of missing chances and missing crosses because. He's we're relying on him. But when Cuckoo's out, he's the only one really, like Craig said, in terms of experience, and we spoke about Raheem a lot about his numbers for Man City that you can hang your hat on. The rest of them have barely got a goal between them. So if Raheem's missing City, then in that moment, I don't know for sure, but it felt like he thought he was offside. He lost a bit of intensity and then thought, right, I'll go through anyway and try and score. And he wasn't he didn't seem completely in the zone. I'm not sure if I'm misreading that. But yeah, it was, a, it was a poor, poor, poor one, and that was before the sending off. If we score there, I mean, likely we know that Gusto isn't like stretching to get the ball, and you know, maybe the, the game state obviously changes. And again, if like we need him on form, and we need him not giving that looting performance every week. I'm not saying he's got to get two goals and assists every week, but we need him to tick over and just not miss chances like he was in that game. Yeah, I just love him getting in behind like that, like he did in that the start of the first half with that chance that he created but yeah it needs to needs to finish these chances that that he's making for himself right warming up is uh it's probably a bit of a controversial one especially with Craig I'm I'm gonna give it to Madrick I'll be honest I think there was another player who played yeah quite a bit of a better game I'm just gonna give him warming up because he has had two games in a row 
which is quite big for him in his Chelsea career. And he's played pretty well. He only had 27 touches in this game, but he does show real... He's, he's going to be a moments player. I don't think he's going to get, you know, consistently... He does one good thing and then one bad thing, but that assist, uh, that potential assist he had for Jackson, fantastic through ball. The other moment where he absolutely skimmed Matty Cash and he flashed it across the goal and no one was there. Could have had a couple of assists. It shows some electric dribbling. I mean, I think at times... I mean, I know that we've, we've spoken to the, on the pod before that, you know, the you know Saka doesn't have anyone overlapping him at Arsenal. I think Madrid could do with like a fullback just to help him out because Cole overlapped him, I think, only once in the first half when, when he played. He just needs a bit of help, maybe. And I think that forced him to maybe try some high variance, dribbles a little bit, and like, he was a little bit isolated. Still very raw, still does some things that make you want to put your head in the hand, hand a little bit. But I think... I think he is that left wing for now with the state of the injuries in the team is probably his to lose. And yeah, hopefully he gets goals sooner and assist. And I, I, I think he's warming up. I think he's playing a bit better. His confidence is improving. Uh, you definitely saw some moments in him. Yeah, I think he was my warming up to Madrid. Um, I'd like Great to see him. Get... <laughs> I'd like to see uh, him get more involved in the game. I think it's difficult for him in his position um, where everyone seems to be pushing over to the right. Um, but he could definitely do with some help. I think his game that we've seen where he has been good, think about obviously going back to pre-season and some of the moments in the Bournemouth game, he, he likes to play one-twos, he likes to pass and move. And obviously if there's no one really there, it's it's up to him just to try and dribble past two, two defenders, but two defenders basically on the right, which is very difficult. Um, but I thought he'd done really well. He's got good vision. I like his passing. Um, yeah, I think he just, Maybe we need to try and focus more of the attacks down the left for a bit um, to help him out and get more involved. I think he's a, a huge threat. We do um, need to get him in like shooting positions more as well. Like he's a very well, good shooter. He he's had no good. shots in the last two games. Yeah, like he's a very good shooter. You see in training, he's got bullet, both footed as well. Do, do you so, think that's tactical with like why he hasn't had any shots, or do you think he's just not getting in good enough positions due to his sort of lack of football IQ? Um, I don't think it's lack of football IQ. I think you can see that from his passing. I think someone with bad IQ. Oh, you think he's quite an intelligent? Do you think, do you think he's quite an intelligent player on the pitch? I think he can see. I think he's good at picking a pass and he's got good movement. I don't think his decision making is always the best in terms of when to dribble and when not to. Um, but as I said, really? he's quite isolated out there. It's, it's very difficult for him. So I think he's making the best of quite. He's a in the. He's on the bleak, bleak midwinter on the on the on the left wing apparently. Well, hopefully, well, yeah. uh, hopefully we get the perfect storm for him together and, and get him going. But I, I really don't think he's the type of player we need to sort of hang our hats on if, if that's what we're trying to build around. He's I find I him quite know. frustrating to watch in the especially in the first half. Lots of uh, like you say, very poor decisions with the ball, kind of trying to cut in and, and dribble. Uh, he does show some good moments, Madrid, and obviously he's got that electric pace. I think one time he, of all the times he got the ball, he decided he'd try and get down the line and beat Matt Cash for pace. And then he saw he could do that, and then he didn't do it anymore. So I, I just find him quite a, a frustrating player to watch. Um, but yeah, probably realised he was going to get subbed. I mean, I'm not minute. being funny. Frustrating player to watch. Join the gang. I don't know many Chelsea players in the attack are not frustrating to watch. I just think, I mean, this guy, he's, he, 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 you know, he he divides opinion. I'm kind of, I'm actually weirdly, I'm sort of on the fence with him. Sometimes he infuriates me. Sometimes I think we've got a real player there. I just think he is the the archetypal. You need to give him five or six games in a row. Because at the moment there aren't every other options. What 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 Poch needs to do is like he needs to think about what he's going to do with Sterling. Because Sterling is a left winger, 
So really, I thought that Sterling would be competing for Mudrik for left wing, but that's not happening. So if he's going to keep Sterling right wing, he's got to keep Mudrik left wing and just and just just give them some games and some rhythm. And he because he does have quite a good um, connection with Jackson, like we saw in the Bournemouth game. So I have to wait and see. But I mean. We've got Brighton next. They'll probably play a very high line. They could be effective against that. And to be honest, we, in the games that we've got after the international break, very tough games against um, your Newcastle's, uh, Man City's, um, Arsenal's. The one thing against them, they do play high lines. And that could really help Mujic win behind. So that, he could be a weapon for that in, in that sense. But um, yeah, that, that's that's what I'd say about Mujic. I'm going to give my warming up to uh, Levi Colwell. I thought he played really well in the game I thought he actually unlocked his long ball potential obviously it was nice to play against a team that didn't just park the bus on the edge of the penalty area and just uh, sort of nullify that aspect of his game I thought when he picked it up he was looking to play the passes in behind I don't think the runs were always there down his side but on the on the opposing side I think there was and then when Chilwell came on he, he did end up getting behind a lot more um, which Palmer found and, and also someone else found Chilwell in behind as well um, but yeah, Colwell, I thought, sprayed it about really nicely. And obviously the Watkins goal, I thought he defended that situation so well. Sort of one-on-one with, with Watkins, who's an incredibly fast and dangerous striker. He sort of shepherded him out to the right, got a really nice block in and sort of pushed him out wide. Um, and Watkins had a 0.1 XG chance that unfortunately went in. Um, but yeah, I think he's really coming into his own, Colwell, in this role. Um, I do think he'd be... Uh, you know he'll he'll slowly improve. He's just a twenty-year-old player. So he's never played this position before, um, and yeah, he looks really good to me. I mean, imagine what he could look like if he played in his position. I'm just staring the pot there, but I mean, no, I think I think I actually think Le- Levi's looks a little bit vulnerable sometimes uh, in the Antonio goal for West Ham. In other situations, he looked a bit vulnerable uh, defending one-on-one. But he did really well against Watkins. I agree, and he was absolutely fuming with Sanchez. Because he, he was saying to him, how, basically, basically saying, how could you let that in after put all that effort? And I mean, a bit harsh on Sanchez because he made some world-class saves. But yeah, Levi's playing every game. I mean, he's playing every game and he's building confidence. And yeah, he's playing very well when his distribution is there for all to see. I think sometimes he can be sometimes a little sluggish. And like I said, he defensively he can maybe improve, but that will come. But very good player. I'm really looking forward to him maybe playing alongside um, uh, Baddy Ashir, or just as he, uh, centre back. And yeah, I think he's you know he's going to play a lot of games for Chelsea this year if he, unless he gets injured. And yeah, playing very well. Yeah, I really like Colwell. I think he looks good. Um, I think he's showing some good spirit. He's got a good attitude. I think he works hard. I think he could improve. I think as time goes on with playing the ball forward, I think he's good at it. I think he sometimes doesn't use it enough. Um, so hopefully we can build up some some good passes. I think he was better in the second half, actually, um, when Jackson was sort of when we were desperate and uh, we were just punting the ball. But yeah, he's a, he's got quite a high um, percentage of dribblers tackled. Um, he's actually relatively high. He's the highest player for us, uh, Levi Cole. He's got 75%, um, which is really high. It's uh, basically top 15. Um, but do I think you know, he really had a, he had a tough game first off in that position against Mo Salah, didn't he? He had a really tough tough day in, in that spot. But after that, I think he's done really well. Do you, do you know who had the highest percentage for Chelsea last year in dribblers tackled? Trevor Chalaber, probably. Trevor Chalaber is the correct answer. Yeah. Good old Trev. 
Ivan Silva. He, he could be done. Uh, he, we could do with him at right back as well. He's another. The, all three of them are injured. Yeah, I mean that's why he kept him around. I mean he's injured anyway, though. But yeah, get get <laughs> Loftus get Loftus cheek on loan. Get him back at right back. Do you have a boiling heart, Brady? I, I, I tell you what, I've got I've got three quarters of a kettle of boiling hot water because <laughs> Rob, Rob Sanchez. Oh my god! I mean, I used to be a goalkeeper when I was. I mean, I was quite chubby when I was a kid. So basically, I was just quite quite a big. Uh, for quite a big sort of block in the way of goals. I don't think I was actually good in goal. But basically, Rob Sanchez, I mean, he let a poor goal in. But other than that, oh my word, some of the saves he pulled off. That save he pulled off from Z- I think Zaniolo, what a save. I mean, it flew at him. I'm, I mean, I'm going dis- to disagree with that. I thought that was, that was straight at him, basically. I mean, you're, just, you're talking absolute tosh. Absolute, I mean, you're talking about less than a second. Um, yeah. Quality, quality save. It was close to him. Mostly that's in the goal. I don't think many goalkeepers in the world save that. Quality. Oh, that is that is ludicrous. I thought it was a decent save. That is no, ludicrous. No, 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 not many goalkeepers in the world save. And I tell yeah. you what, when you're in I'm the stadium as well, it was absolutely on the on the, when you watch the replays. I mean, he's got left hand to react, Craig, through bodies. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's a, it's a good save. Yeah, it's a good. Just save. give credit. I mean, Craig, I, I'm sorry, goalkeepers. When you when goal when the ball is struck hard in the corner, it goes in. So yeah, it, I, I'm going to give you a quote from. Uh, What's the American football film with Denzel Washington with uh, with the Remember the Titans? Remember, I'm going to give you a quote from Remember the Titans. It's like you can throw the ball fifty yards, but you can't pitch it a yard. <laughs> it's like yeah, you well, can make make, it, make, a, make a great save like that, but then let one in from like the corner flag. This isn't an NFL pod. This is ESCR. <laughs> and back in, that's back no good, is it? It's like you let back, you save back, the hard back, ones back, and let in the easy ones. He, he made six saves. He say he, he faced a 1.6 goals on target faced. He should have let one in in terms of the stats. Quality. So even that Digne, even that Digne, uh save, really good save. And even um, the RB was through on goal. There was another one that called it in. Quality goalkeeping. And you got, I've got to say, big upgrade on Kepper at the moment. I mean, oh, there's no doubt about that. Sorry, yeah. no one's disagreeing with that. I mean, that, that that's great. I mean, I actually didn't think he would be that big an upgrade on Kepper, but at the moment he is. And it's a shame he let that go in because it was a really poor moment for him. And I think he maybe was blindsided, maybe didn't. Sometimes when you, as a goalkeeper, when you brace yourself for the first shot and then it was blocked and you got to brace yourself again, small excuse for him there, but that does happen a little bit. You've got to like sort of readjust yourself and yeah, maybe just didn't expect expect the shot to come in that that accuracy. But I've got, I've got to say, not quite a boiling hot, but wow. Like some of those saves, I was impressed. And if you can keep yes. those off, doing pretty well. If I'll, I'll say this much. If the attack could shoot as well as he's saving saving some goals, we'd, we'd and catching it, we'd have some goals anyway. So yeah, he does right. really well from from crosses as well. I'm really happy with him coming yeah. across. Obviously, we haven't had that with Kepa. And yeah, just a, two two separate points. Is one, I think he's playing pretty well for us, and, and I'm happy with him. And he's a big upgrade from from Kepa. But point number two, yeah, I'm not having him boiling hot when he lets in a, a goal like that and that's lost as the that's game. Like three also. quarters of a kettle, mate. That's what yeah. I, I, I said that at the start, mate. Yeah. Okay. That's the last NFL reference you allowed this year. <laughs> it's, not, it's not NFL. Well, whatever it is. Remember it's the a film reference. Is a film reference. Well, it's an American football film. Anyway, Craig, who's your boiling hot? Uh, there's no boiling hot from this game. Sorry, yeah. I have one. Although I agree with Sanchez. He was my boiling hot last week. I think he's fantastic again. Um, Conor Gallagher for me. Yeah, uh, Conor Gallagher again. Wow. I think he is absolutely fantastic. Um. 
He is the the guy that sits next to me, Chris. He he absolutely hates Conor Gallagher. I don't know if you know. I'm not being funny. From the people who sit around you, that probably means he's a good player. Not as like three three tackles, two interceptions, two blocks. He was the best defender on the pitch for us. He was the best midfielder on the pitch for us. Um, Caicedo's in his shadow. Caicedo, I'm not sure he he made one tackle. Caicedo, by the way, lucky not to escape. Lucky to escape a freeze uh, freezing. Lucky to, yeah, to not be in the, not be in the thing at, Yeah, we can discuss him next week if he's just as poor. But Gallagher for me is playing out of his skin. He is everywhere on the pitch. Like you wouldn't believe the positions he's turning up to win the ball, get it back for us, and start attacks. I think people want to concentrate when he randomly gives the ball away, but he is getting the ball back for us more often than he's giving it away. And he is starting off a lot of the attacks. He's Energy is unmatched. He was the only player not to be subbed off for us, rightly so. Enzo and Caicedo, hundred million pound plus a pop, subbed off when we're down to ten men because they're not up to his level and they're not running around getting the ball back. Um, really disappointed with the other two, but Gallagher for me, on the money, starting every week, captain. Yeah, I mean, with Connor, it's an interesting situation because, I mean, he was basically on the transfer list. And I think as it's been reported in The Athletic and a lot of other good sources that he's there's some players, there's some directors inside the club who thinks basically they just want him out of the club. And, you know, but Bowley and Obadi have made it clear after the Rudiger and Christensen situation, if you're inside two years of your contract, then you need to renew or you're going to basically be sold. So at the moment, and apparently there's no contract talks at all. So you've got a manager making him captain. He's putting in really good performances every week. You know, maybe within, you could say maybe within his skill set, maybe some people say he isn't actually quite good enough for the club. But in terms of what he is, he's doing really, really well. And the club are not offering him a new contract. And so it's a very, very bizarre situation. I mean, he could leave in January and he's captain. It's a very weird situation around Conor Gallagher. And there's people, I mean, there's a guy who came in for his price tag who got crocked straight away in Lavia. You've got Caicedo who isn't really doing anything. Enzo can't shoot and they, they're, they're double. Conor Gallagher's pulling up trees and he was free. And sometimes, you know, we've got, we've let, we let Mason Mount go. We've let other players go. Maybe just give this guy a chance for a couple of years and give him a new contract. I think he definitely deserves a new contract. I, I don't see what more you can do to, to, to get a two-year extension or something. Because, you know, that Chelsea throw out mortgage, mortgages around common to, to anyone. Eight-year deals, whatever. He can't, he can't, get, he can't get a mortgage. So, yeah, very impressive, Connor. Very impressed. Definitely silent from Craig. He, <laughs> the problem with uh, the problem with Gallagher is he's not like a a really like um, finesse player, and I think people don't like that. They want all the like the big money, big names. But Gallagher's well, doing all playing, the hard work. Like eighty percent possession team, you, you need to have players that are good in possession. And, and Colin Gallagher is, is not creative or good in possession in any way. If he's going to play, if he's going to play, he's going. He's got to play deep. I, I think the the thing is like Gallagher's been impressive in terms of his work rate and duels and winning the ball, and he he definitely runs runs about in the midfield. I he's give him definitely credit for that. But I think you'll find when he doesn't play the structure of the team will look a lot better and it's to do with selection of passing and it's it's really hard to like be critical of Gallagher because he it's not his, you know it's just not his game he's, I don't want to be critical of him because I, I quite like him as a player I just don't think he fits our style of play at all I don't see why he just wouldn't give him a new contract and even if he's going to come off the bench like he did last season under Potter where you know run about 
when the energy's low. And remember now, we've got long games. He can come on after an hour and play for 40 minutes and things like that. I mean, I just think he's an incredible asset. They're just, they're just looking for technical players, though, I think. Like, they're trying to build a team play, that cor- everything thing. correlates together. And, the like, that's going to take time. How, how, how's that looking? Let's be honest. Like, what, 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 the players well, are... It's not level. looking anything at the moment because they're not... Play- players like Conor Gallagher are playing in the team. That's the problem. Mm, I don't know. I, I, I think he's been in one of the best performers and he's probably on the transfer list for, and he's captain. That, for me, stinks. Something's I mean, it's definitely like a ridiculous three things to say yeah, about someone. It's like, yeah, I, I, mean, I agree with all of them as well. I think he's, yeah, I mean, he's, like, been, one I mean, of best, he's been one of our best players. He's captain and he's... Uh, they probably want to sell him. I think all three of those things are true. Yeah, I mean, in January, if Spurs come sniffing around for 50 million, they're probably going to be very tempted, you know? And yeah. it's like, okay, that's a lot of money for Conor Gallagher, I get it. But he's really performing well. And like, he, he's pl- there's players in the Chelsea history who have not played anywhere near as well and be given fat contracts. And I don't even think he'd demand, demand that higher wage, maybe 100 a week or something like that. I don't think he's going to be 200 a week or one of those ones. So... Yeah, bizarre, really, and it's a bit of a bizarre situation. They've got to sort it out before next summer, because yeah, and they, it'll lose value next summer. They won't get the fee for him, so they're gonna to have to decide probably try and sell him in January or give him a new contract. That's what I do. It's the end of the temps. Let's move on to the quiz. Questions about the blues, so you don't lose the beat. A few clues, correct answers only. It is what it is. It's time for the ESCR quiz. Yeah, time for the quiz, guys. Hope you guys are ready. Chris, how are you feeling? We got a managed to squeak a draw last time round. Are you feeling confident? Yeah, just trying to go uh, back-to-back unbeaten. Tough. It- <laughs> uh, I've, had lot, I've had a lot of injuries. Uh, <laughs> I've had a lot of injuries. Uh, you've, you've been unlucky with the questions. Is it 4-1 or 3-0? I want to know. Is it 4-1 or 3-0? It's 4-1, it's four, it's apparently. Uh, he's got a consolation goal, has he? Fair enough. All right. I'm, so give, I'm giving the same excuses as Potch, yeah? You're going first, yeah? So, uh, oh, League Cup. Oh, I League thought, Cup. Do I not get to choose? Yeah, you can choose, yeah. Chris I'm going to go first. Chris went first last week. What's, what's this? No, yeah, it's, 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 we're holding it over, so he still goes first. So, Chris, oh, Chelsea no. and Brighton, there's a little focus around League Cup and Brighton. So, <laughs> Chelsea and Brighton didn't play each other for almost 30 years, or their fixture in the Premier League on Boxing Day in 2017, when which two players scored for Chelsea in a 2-0 win. So we're looking at Boxing Day 2017. This is Antonio Conte um, as, uh, as our manager. Not the good season, unfortunately. It's the, uh, it's the one after that. Uh, but he is still manager. Um, 2-0, home to Brighton. Batshuayi. Mitchy Batshuayi is not correct. He's a, he's a popular answer on this. Uh, let's see if uh, Brady can get one of them. Let's see. So this was a league game, yeah. Obviously, this was the league game, yeah. So we we played Brighton in the league for the first time since uh, I believe nineteen eighty eight. Uh, sorry, nineteen no, for the first time in almost thirty years. So one player scored twice. Sorry, I didn't quite get a question. No, it was two two nil. Two different players scored, so it's a point for each player. Sorry, so right. Chris Chris has got one wrong. Michi Batswai. Yeah, let me have a think. Um, that second season. I'll go Hazard. Edin Hazard is not correct. Chris, no. back to you. See if you can get a, get one of these guys. Costa? 
Costa. Diego Costa. No, he's, he's not. He's not correct. He, I think he was off the China China by then, was heavily he? fallen out. Well, of I don't know when that. That's why I went back right because I thought he wasn't. Yeah, there is. They, they, were, they did replace him with a striker, I think. But um... I'll go the classic. It's Willian. It is not Willian. Oh. It's Willian. Oh, he was great under uh... Fabregas. Fabregas. I think he was playing that day, but he did not score. Stinker, yeah. Go on then. What is it? Oh, did we just keep guessing? I think you just keep guessing. Yeah, they'll try and get him eventually. I mean, it wouldn't be too hard, I don't think. Pedro. Pedro is not correct. I think you've only got one player that played so far. One player that played. <laughs> Victor Moses. Victor Moses did play, but he did not score. You're starting oh. to get the idea here. So this is, well, these are all key Conte players. 17, 18. We bought, that was the, that was the sum, that was the season after that rubbish summer, wasn't it? Oh, was it? I it wouldn't be him. Morata. Alvaro Morata got a goal. He yes. did. Cesar Aspilicueta. Cesar Aspilicueta assist from right centre back. And then Alvaro oh, that, that's pathetic. The, the Aspi assist for Morata. Exactly. Yeah. 52 seconds into the second half, Alvaro Morata scored that day. And someone else wrapped, well, wrapped up the three points with a goal in the 60th minute. Chris, isn't it? It is Chris. Kanto. Sorry? Kanto. N'Golo Kante did play that day, but he did not score. <laughs> I don't know who left. Oh, God, right. Uh, who did he sign? I'm, I'm thinking maybe Chips. That's not my guess, though. Uh, <laughs> A hilarious player did start that game, this uh, game, but it's not Chips Barkley. He's it, also not a goal scorer, but... An absolutely hilarious player started. Yeah. Also, Danny Drinkwater came on for N'Golo Kante in yeah, the 85th minute. What, who was in that team other than William Pedro? Come on, he's probably, uh, apart from Hazard and Morata, who started that, that day, he's probably the guy that got the most goals for this team. I've completely drawn a blank. Oh, I might know. We're going we're gonna to time you out here, Brady. Oh, Chris, right, out, yeah. Is it Alonso? It's Marcus Alonso. Oh, yeah. in I wouldn't get that. Come on, guys. Victor left Moses back. was guest, but not not left wing back. Fantastic, Marcus Alonso playing up front probably that day actually in a, in a three five two. Who did Timmy, score those? Timmy starting in centre mid that day. Hey. In a in oh. a three five two. I know, Chris, you want to switch to a three five two here, but that, that what a fantastic three five two that is. Fabregas, Kante, and Bakayoko in midfield. Um, brilliant. Um, so, so one one heading into the uh, the next question, Brady, you're uh, you're answering the second question. So Chelsea went out of the League Cup to Man City last season, but can you name the teams that have knocked Chelsea out in the three seasons prior to that? Well, Man City. So the three seasons prior to Man City, yeah. No, but why not? Is this in the FA Cup? No, the League Cup. So Chelsea oh, went out the League Cup last year to Man City. But oh, right. yeah. I, thought, I thought one. All right, uh, that one was the guess. <laughs> uh, um... Oh, that was it. You were guessing Man City again. So... Yeah, yeah. He guessed Man City. Oh, okay, sorry, that's not correct. Yeah, Brady, you, 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 you've messed it up. Chris, come on. Easy one for you. The first one. The season before last. 
It's got to be Liverpool. Liverpool is the correct answer. Eleven oh, ten, we lost to them on penalties in the final um, under Thomas Tuchel. Um, Brady, back to you. See if you can get a point. Man United. Man United is correct. It's not right, the right. season before that, but the season Rashford, before that. Rashford, Rashford free kick. Remember exactly, that. Exactly. A Rashford penalty and a Rashford free kick. And a goal from, Chris knows it, Chelsea Cup legend, Cup legend striker. Michi Bashway. Michi Bashway with a goal for us, yeah. Um, so one more to get, Chris. See if you can win this section. 2-1. So we've got 2020. So City last year, Liverpool in the final, 11-10 under Tuchel. And then the year before, who did we go out of the League Cup to? Oh, I thought it was under Tuchel. And we didn't win it. Yes, when it was the Lampard Tuchel season. That was the year we won the Champions League? Correct. Must have been. So... I assume we went out of the cup earlier. Or did we? Um, no. Oh, was that the FA Cup? I can't, Lampard's last game was like Luton. I think that one might have been the FA Cup, though. We won that, uh, we won that 5-1. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just trying to think of where, if we were still in the... No, the League Cup would have been done by the time you come. So he must have been knocked out before that with Lampard. Um, I think we beat Tottenham in the first round when Werner uh, Werner scored. Uh, well, did we draw that? Or oh, maybe that was the league. Or was that the game we got knocked out? I'm going to say Tottenham. It, it is, it is uh, Tottenham. I was feeling there. Right? He was going back and forth. Mason Mount missed the penalty. Yeah. We did. We lost on penalties. Timo Werner's doing an absolute banger then. Yeah. Chris, uh, you pulled it out there. You, I, I like to hear the thought process. That was good. The the processing. Timo Werner did score that Drink day, but we did draw. It's like a poet, a stream of consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> nice one for the, uh, for the haters. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, Chris, you are you're up three two, heading to the next question, um, which is your question. Hey. So, Chelsea have lost two finals on penalties recently in the League Cup to Liverpool and City previous, and then they beat Spurs in a game I've referenced before in this quiz. I think um, with Katsuma starting in defensive midfield, can you tell me the team we played when we last won? the League Cup before that Spurs game. Say that again, sorry. I don't understand that question. So the la- the last time Chelsea won the League Cup was Spurs when we beat Spurs in the final 2-0 on right. with, with yeah. Mourinho. Can you tell yeah. me the time that we won the League Cup before that? You want a date or a team or what? I think yeah, what, what do you want? Sorry. The, the team we beat in the final, yeah. And um, Arsenal. Arsenal is correct. Ugh. In oh six oh seven, Brady, we played a four four two diamond that day under Jose Mourinho. Let's see how you guys get on with the team. So there's only one point available for this. So it's who who can name the most players um, from this 
team. So Chris is up four two at the moment. So for one point, who can name the most team, most players from this four four two setup when we beat Arsenal in the League Cup final in yeah, take it in turn. So Brady, you're going first. Drogba. Didier Drogba is correct. Super Chris. Frank. Super Frank Lampard is correct. Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole is not correct. Ooh, brutal. Check. Petter Check is correct. So Chris, John, two one up John, at the moment. John Terry. John Terry, two two. Ivanovic. Ivanovic is not correct. Oh no. Uh, Carvalho. Ricky Carvalho is correct. Three two Brady. Aspi. Aspilicueta is not correct. Oh my goodness. Uh, he's not at the club yet, was he? That was like five years later. Um, ooh. What year was it? Sorry. Oh. Oh six, oh seven. He's got a Google, hasn't he? No. He's <laughs> always coming out with a Google. They Google here, mate. Um, got the get the AI going. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ricky Carvalho. Oh, um, Makaleli. is correct. No, oh, don't yeah. Go SCN. SCN is correct. Four, three. So this is the first got, team, yeah? We've so got we've one, got left. Two, three, four, five, six, seven players so far. Who have we got left? We've got the right back left, haven't we? Yeah, so the in the four four two diamond left, you've got the right and left backs, um another centre mid, and one of the strikers. Was it um random like Del Horno or something? It was not Asia Del Horno, Chris. Philip Luis? No, it was much later. Louise. On. Yeah, I think that was much later. Uh, so it's four foot. Oh, the second striker. Oh, um, Shevchenko. Andrei Shevchenko up top with Didier Drogba. What a strike force that is. Um, yeah, that's I'm correct. Go Albert, uh, not Albert, uh, Paulo Ferreira. Paulo <laughs> Ferreira, not correct. It's 5 3 oh, to Brady. <laughs> So we've got three for what? The full backs and a midfielder left, yeah? Yeah. Oh, Joe Cole. Joe Cole's not correct. <sighs> Chris, you need all of these to win it. I think you can do it, though. Um, who's the midfielders we've got? Is it? So you've got Makaleli, you've got Lampard and Essien, and then you've got the, the top of the diamond probably missing. Or, I mean, you don't know exactly how they're setting up, but one of the, one of the midfielders in the diamond... Who on earth was playing wing back? Very famous uh, player for uh, for both Chelsea and his and previous. And the fullbacks, uh, one of them is very well known, and the other one is a player playing out of position. Balak. Michael Balak is correct. Five oh. four. James Brady, you need uh, to to lock up the win. You just need one of these two fullbacks. So right back's out of position. The left back, you said, is quite famous, or just a well-known player for us. Yeah. Left back for us. Who was left back for us? Goal. 
Can't think. Uh, let's pass over. I can't think. I don't think. Brady's going to pass. Chris, can you can you get it? Is it Babiaro? It's not Celestine Babiaro. You're dear lad. You're, you're going to kick yourself for this oh, one. Oh wait, wait, wait. Is it uh, Yuri Zirkov? It's Sorry, not no. Yuri Zirkov. No, no, you probably named every left back we've ever had apart from this guy. <laughs> oh, who was it? Um... I don't want to give you any clues because there's just there's no clues to to give you. I don't think it's just like very, I can name another obvious. one, but it's not really my go. Yeah, Brady, we'll give we'll give you sort of twenty seconds here to have a little think. Left-footed union, I should know this. Uh... Oh, who was the left back for? Cole? I can't believe it. I can't think. I've passed the other one. I've had a think. Chris? I don't know. I was just going to say Grim, so just give up. No. <laughs> Come on. You, you, guys can't retire. you guys can't retire from this question because it's just too easy. I just can't let you retire. Is it, like the right back, fine. Like, like that's a toss-up to win it, hopefully. But the left back that's pl- that pl- was in our squad with Ashley Cole. Come on. So Ashley Cole was... Oh, oh I, know, I know the answer. I know the answer now. Say it then. It's not my go, but can I can I guess? Yes, you can. Yeah, Brady hasn't got a clue. Wayne Bridge. Wayne Bridge oh, is yeah. correct at left back. Christ Almighty, guys! All right, Wayne Bridge at left back, and then the right, right back. So do I'm a clue. You... Do a clue, and with your first first. Yeah, game, yeah. It's just it. first to shout out the answer here to win it because it's five five, and it, you know it's a important question. So here we go. The first to shout out the, the it's a defensive mid- midfielder playing at right back. William Gallas. No. He's not DM, is he? I know he's not DM. I was just... This player went on to play for Real Madrid. Uh, Diara. Lasana Diara Damn. is correct. Damn. Diara. 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 A, a famous, famous oh, right back from Mourinho. In fact, um, quite, a, quite a common thing for us to do was to play a DM at, at right back. Right, is that 4-3? Have I still lost? Or what's going on? Yeah, we, we're you're down to four three. So to tie, no, to tie the the tie up and for back to back draws. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, hang on, one two three. Chris Brady, it's back to Chris to answer the question first, though. Oh, so Chris, to to win it, yes. There's it's who who can answer the most of these questions, the most again. It's just one point available. Oh, there's oh, three players. So there's three. There's three players available here. Didier Drogba scored two goals that day, but there were three players sent off in a brawl at the end of near the end of the game. Can you name those three players? In that game. In that game, there were three players sent off. For Chelsea. Or... Ninety plus six actually that they were all sent off at. Are they all Chelsea players? No. Oh. How many were Chelsea players? One. Uh, I think the answer is Essien. Um, no, the, it's not correct. Sorry, Michael uh, Essien is not correct. Go oh, JT. JT is is not correct. Um, there were also, I believe, uh, two players on... shown yellow cards in this, both from either team. One was Frank Lampard and the other was Cesc Fabregas. So that helps you sort of picture the moment in the game. 
Um, but yeah, they were not the players sent off. Chris? Um, I don't remember any Arsenal players from that period. Balak? <laughs> not Michael Balak. That um this this player didn't start the game for Chelsea. Oh uh, right, okay. That makes it hard. I mean give us a clue time in it. I mean didn't start the game. I've got I've got a guess I've got a guess for an Arsenal player. Yep. Go on in. A boue. It's not a boue. Um I believe <laughs> let's see the Arsenal team. I believe he wasn't playing, and and that is correct. He wasn't. He was not playing, but he did come on actually. Sorry, and did get booked. Abue. Can you at least read us the Arsenal team? I don't know the team we're playing. Okay, so the Arsenal team that day was Almunier in goal, Traore, Sendros, Torre, Hoyt, Diaby, Fabregas, Denilson, Walcott, Ali Idea, Baptista, and came off the bench were Abue, Hleb, and Adebayor. I'll go. I'll go. Is it my turn? Yeah. I got Senderos. Senderos was not sent oh. off in the game. I thought you guys was... might remember this brawl at the end of the game. Was it Adebayor? Adebayor is one of them. Correct. He was one and... of the players sent off. Um, so one Chelsea player and one Arsenal player left. Um, all three of the players sent off were, were African players. I think I know the Chelsea one, and I'm starting to know who might be the Arsenal one now as well. <laughs> Brady, your guess. Um, Surely there's an easy one to guess here. Chelsea one. I'll go Danielson for them, was it? Not Danielson for them, no. Is it Toure? Colo Torre was sent off for Arsenal. So Adebayor and Torre. And then, Chris, so you've won it and you've won the quiz this week. But can anyone yes. get the Chelsea player that was sent off? One of the most common Chelsea subs in that Mourinho era. Come on. Oh, Mikel. John Obi Mikel got the red card for, uh, for Chelsea that day. But we did emerge victorious. And that was the penultimate time we won the League Cup. Um, back in 05-06 it's been a while um, only our, uh, the Tottenham win after that um, and yeah we've been in a few oh, finals four victory, Chris well done 4-2 well done hey. he's, got, he's finally done it unbeaten run continues I told you one for the fans <laughs> it's like looting at home first win of the season fantastic well, so you've got, you got to build from somewhere haven't you exactly well the run, the run starts here that's exactly it and, that, and, and that's what Chelsea have got to do start that run Wow, fantastic. And um, a good note to end on. For oh, me? For some. <laughs> um, cheers, boys. But that is all the time we've got for today. Um, we'll be back with a Brighton preview pod for you to enjoy before our meeting on Wednesday. Uh, for all updates and all things ESCR, you can follow us on Twitter at EatSleepChelsea. And Instagram at Eat Chelsea Repeat. And as always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>